for tuning into the Rainy Day Horror Show. I am your host with the most, Dusty McBalls, aka the Certified Cougar Hunter. And today, do I have an adventure planned for us? We're taking the hot tub time machine back to 1692, back to Salem, Massachusetts, back to meet a gentleman by the name of Sir Giles Corey, the one the only man to be sentenced to be pressed to death by the law in American history. With that being said, get your crocs on, set them bitches to adventure mode, and let's get this story on a roll. Alright, so before we get into the Giles Corey story, let's go over, I'm going to just briefly touch on the history of Salem for the people that don't really know Salem and why it's so prevalent. Um, prior to the witch trials in 1692, it was founded in 1626, just north of Boston, and it was first colonized by the Nam Kieg people. And they were battling smallpox at the time when the settlers arrived. So... Their numbers were very, very small, and the settlers had no issue wiping them out and building up their community. And after they built their community, Salem was a very prosperous town. It was a part of the slave trade, passing Boston in terms of like engagement in the triangular trade. It also had been involved with China which also gave Salem a world-famous seaport. But Salem also had a dark side to it, minus those things. And specifically in 1692 and 1693, when mass hysteria broke the town in half and kicking off the world's famous witch trials. So on January 1692... It's a very, very cold day in January. You know, the snow is just piled high. The wind's just fucking ripping through the air, making it feel so cold that, you know, hell could freeze over. Well, there's this one very prominent family in Salem, and it's the Paris family. And they had a slave who was from the Caribbean islands, and her name was Tatuba. And she was showing Elizabeth Paris this nine-year-old girl and her friends a form of voodoo magic. Now, this magic trick consisted of dropping an egg white into warm water. And when you drop it in there, it's supposed to show you, you know, your future lover, your future husband, future wife, whatever. And when Tituba dropped this egg white in this water, this poor nine-year-old girl, Elizabeth, She didn't see her future lover. What she got instead was a vision of a coffin. And after this terrifying vision, Elizabeth was just sent into hysterics, convulsing and just acting erratic. And then her antics ended up scaring the living shit out of her girlfriends and 
they started crying and they started freaking out and because of this voodoo trick it actually kicked off the Salem witch trials and started this huge snowball effect now obviously Tatuba was the first accused and she was accused in the beginning of March in 1692 um, she was interviewed by Salem authorities where at first she denied all allegations she's like nope I didn't do it fuck you guys fuck the police NWA style and but they just kept pestering her and just getting at her and she finally gave in and she told authorities that the devil made her do it like she wrote Conjuring 3 and she said to the authorities that the devil came to her and said you need to hurt these three girls or I'm gonna kill you so Tatuba told them the story told them everything that happened everything that went down that night with poor Elizabeth Paris and the voodoo trick that she showed them and after she confessed she ended up accusing two other poor souls by the name of Sarah Osborne and Sarah Good and after they got accused they started accusing everybody and it just snowballed in this huge wildfire of just people snitching on other people whether they were right or wrong just kept going and going and going and then once the snitching and all of the telling on people it kind of subsided um a total of 144 people were accused of practicing witchcraft 54 actually confessed to the act of witchcraft 20 of the 144 were actually executed three died in prison only six of the 144 were men and four of the six males were related to already accused witches one of those six men was Giles Corey and he's got I think personally the most interesting story on here or in the Salem witch trials where he's a one-of-one one death in the United States where he's has been the only one ever pressed to death by a form of government or law official punishment so without further ado Let's get into this and let's learn about Sir Giles Corey. So, Giles was born in England on in August of 1611. He immigrated to America in 1659 to become a farmer. Now, Corey was a very, very problematic person in Salem. Well, in the Salem community. Because he was basically already a known criminal and thief so prior to his Salem to his Salem trial he was already on trial for murdering a 43 year old servant named Isaac Goodall in 1676 now Giles caught Goodall stealing apples from his apple tree 
So Giles decided to take matters into his own hands, confronted him, beat the living shit out of him, ended up killing him, and a few days later, he was caught by authorities, and the only thing he received was a hefty fine. Because in 1676, it was legal to beat the shit out of your servants. And nobody really cared because they're like, you're the bottom of the bottom. Nobody cares about you anyways. You're a servant. If you died, nobody's going to miss you. So basically, after the murder, he eventually married a young girl named Martha. Now, this would be Martha's second marriage and Giles's third marriage. Martha also, she really didn't have a good reputation in the town either. Um, she, in her first marriage, she had a mistress. And in this very Protestant Puritan town, it kind of put a target on her back. And she was really quick to accuse because nobody liked her and she ended up getting accused on March 19th 1692 so while Martha was standing trial our wonderful 80 year old grandpa decided to testify against her and put further beliefs in his wife's accusations he then later tried taking it all back but at this point it was too late And her fate was basically sealed and she was in jail waiting to be executed. But just one month later, Karma would come back and get Giles. And he ended up being accused on April 19th, 1692 by Abigail Hobbs, who was just accused of witchcraft. So she called him out. And then Giles also ended up getting accusations from Ezekiel Cheevers and John Putnam Jr. who were filing those accusations on behalf of Ann Putnam, John Putnam's daughter, Elizabeth Hubbard, Marcy Lewis, Mary Wolcott, and Abigail Williams. But Giles was a smart man and he decided to be a standing mute during his trial which means he didn't plead guilty and he didn't plead not guilty because at the time there was a very shady sheriff named Sheriff Corwin and he was illegally seizing land from these accused witches. So as he sat there and he started putting two and two together that these people that got accused they were always put to death always found guilty and he just knew he was going to be found guilty and there was no out for him so on september 16th 1692 the sheriff and the judges drug him out of a cell brought him to a field and they were going to try and make him talk and try to make him plead guilty or not guilty but he didn't and so they brought him to this field he was then excommunicated from the church and they told him to strip naked lay down on your back and they ended up putting this these three wooden planks on top of his torso and so they ended up putting these heavy ass boulders on top of him and this went on for three days 
he was laying in the field on his back having these boulders put on him for three fucking days and didn't say a word and on the third day what he decided to say and the only three words he said was add more weight but this poor 80 year old gangster's body couldn't handle it anymore and then he ended up giving in and succumbing to his unfortunate demise and he ended up dying on September 19th 1692 and his poor wife three days later she was eventually hung and after their deaths their land or well Giles's land went straight to his son-in-law's like he planned and the sheriff tried stealing the land from them tried getting it from him but they weren't giving it up and so he ended up turning to Giles's daughter and ended up extorting her for money but karma would come back to haunt the sheriff and Giles's daughter later filed a lawsuit against him and Sheriff Corwin ended up dying in 1696 due to a heart attack and his death coincidentally ended up leaving a little bit of a curse on the future sheriffs that would take his spot and every sheriff after him either suffered a heart attack or had to resign due to a blood ailment until 1991 when they moved the sheriff's office out of Salem and to and into Middleton, Massachusetts. Now Giles's death is very important in Salem. Not just because um he's the a one of one being pressed to death and the only time people were ever pressed was in England, but also because it was a huge turning point in Salem as it started to change the minds of the townspeople on how they supported the trials because of how gruesome it was becoming. Because he died such an awful way that everyone was like, hey now, there's way too much bloodshed, there's way too much hysteria, and you know maybe some of these people are innocent and their lives are being taken. So, the man who founded, William Phipps, he found... He's the one that started this court. He's the one that got the judges together. He's the one that selected them. And he's the one that decided what happened during the witch trials and how people were convicted and stuff like that. So he ended up ending the witch trials and setting all of the witches free in October of 1692. And these judges were very, very corrupt. And I mean minus them killing innocent people but six out of the nine judges were related by marriage um all nine of the judges were either merchants or militia officers and five of the nine attended harvard so they all kind of they all knew each other really really well and i mean it's just awful that these poor innocent souls got murdered by a government, a very corrupt government and a very corrupt sheriff. But this is just one case, what one piece of history out of many. I mean, we still got really dumb fucking 
cases like this in across the world even up to date like in India three women were brutally beaten because they were suspected of witchcraft and between 2001 and 2016 2500 Indians suspected of witchcraft were tortured or beaten and it was mainly women that were suspected of witchcraft just like how it was in Salem I mean these witches were accused for the rising infant mortality rate and for those who were dying of malaria and typhoid fever and it was also if you had land so the story goes that these three women found their male relatives shitting in their crops which yes it is gross but in india before 2019 only 39 percent of all households had access to toilets and this story takes place in a very rural rundown impoverished part of india so the three women went to confront their male relatives and after they confronted them the men beat the living shit out of these three women so after they got beat a year goes by and two of the men that the three women confronted ended up dying one to renal failure and the other one ended up getting cancer and since they lived in a very impoverished part of India the healthcare wasn't good there was a huge lack of education and which added to them accusing these women and so they the family ended up accusing the sisters sister-in-laws of being witches and they said that they ate the souls of the male relatives that died and that's what you know just caused them to die which isn't true it was the lack of health care so the remaining male members in the family campaigned to steal the ladies land and their land was in a prime location and it had very very fertile soil so the men drugged the women out they beat them beat the living piss out of them and forced them basically into signing all of the land over to them so they can make the profit off of it and i mean in zambia another story in zambia women and children are accused of witchcraft and they spread witchcraft through aids and 25 percent of the zambian woman population has aids but it's not only just women and children who've been accused some government officials and some of and some have also been scientific leaders have been accused of witchcraft and there was this zambian witch doctor who decided to go ahead and kill 16 people with his poisonous tea and in 2009 in Papua New Guinea a young girl a father and a son were suspected of witchcraft and they were burned alive and that's just not including the dozens of others that have also been suspected and murdered there too in 1970 there was a Nigerian oil boom and some people got rich quick and a lot of people suspected that the lucky ones that the lucky ones that got rich off that oil boom suspected them of witches of being witches and accused them um 
a riot happened in 2008 in the Congo. Uh, a, a soccer player was accused of witchcraft, and that riot ended up killing 13 people. And in Tanzania, albino people are being murdered on a monthly basis because Tanzanian witch doctors believe that their skin brings good luck, love, life, and business for their clients. And in 2007, more than 50 albino humans were killed for witch ritual use. And I mean, all of this is just awful. I mean, not just the whole thing that happened in Salem, but just these all these other stories that of people being suspected of witches and dying too. And I mean, it just seems that you were whacked if you're a woman, whacked if you had land, whacked if you got lucky and got wealthy out of quote unquote out of nowhere. And if a person from the outside looking in saw that and saw all the money you got overnight, basically suspected you of witchcraft and you got killed for that. Jealousy got you killed. Envy got you killed. The color of your skin got you killed. And these poor people that just died to all of these witchcraft accusations could be explained just to jealousy, poor education, racism, and sexism, you know, just to name a few. But, you know, those are all topics for a different day. So I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow and hit the notification button so you know every time I upload. Um, I hope you guys had a great day. Um, I'm going to be coming out with another episode here, and it's going to be about the Storyville Slayer in New Orleans who ended up killing 12 prostitutes. Well, more like 24 to 26 prostitutes. And he ended up calling into the Howard Stern show in 1997 and said he, well, basically confessed to all of the murders on the Howard Stern show. And the FBI did a whole thing and blah, 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 blah. So we'll get into that one soon. Um, Like I said, I hope you had a great day. Stay frosty. Stay foxy. McBall's out.